0: This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in His power and love even now as you listen.
1: If you'll open your Bibles to the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. I am grateful for that clock on the screen please leave it there I haven't worn a watch since I retired and my phone is in my wife's purse so I need to know what time it is so you can still beat the Presbyterians to the restaurants today our Lord Jesus is near the end of the days of his flesh Perhaps 10 days, at most I would guess two weeks before Calvary, he has left the north of Israel, upper Galilee, has come down on one side or the other of the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias, the Lake of Gennesaret, Kinneret, it has a lot of names. And he's on the east side of the Jordan River, coming down through what is today the country of Jordan, was in the days of Jesus called Perea, and in the days of the Old Testament, it was called Gilead, uh, the homes of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. So he's coming south from the north, and he's on the east side of the Jordan River. And by the way, if, 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 if that is all confusing to you, we can straighten that out next February and March by taking you to Israel and uh, letting you get the topography and geography in your minds well. There's some brochures laying around at different places, and Barbara and I would be delighted to host you on such a trip. Uh, And now the crass commercial is cheaply done and over. We'll get back back to Christ's journey. He goes south near the north end of the Dead Sea and crosses uh, over, now heading west, Uh, crosses over the Jordan River goes past Jericho and heads up to Jerusalem now when we come to this particular text Jesus has not yet gotten to Jericho the verses that follow our text find him uh, going through Jericho and dealing with the needs of the man uh, Bartimaeus so he's somewhere in that journey from upper Galilee to Jerusalem on the east side of the Jordan River before he got to Jericho. Just so you can kind of get a a grasp of of where he is geographically as well as chronologically. He is in the shadow of the cross, if you understand my metaphor. Um, The cross looms before him. He has known this from his earliest consciousness that he was headed to a cross to die for you and me. And now he's just days away from that cross. He is about to perform the most selfless act that any human being ever performed. The most selfless act that any human being ever performed. And two of his dearest disciples, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, Along with Peter, they formed the inner circle, as we call it, who got special privileges that others didn't, to be with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, to be with Jesus and, and when he raised the little girl from the dead, and later in the Garden of Gethsemane, to go with Jesus deeper into the garden than the other men did. They had special privilege. They were very close to Jesus. John referred to himself in his gospel as that disciple whom Jesus loved and the one who leaned on the breast of Jesus in the upper room at the Last Supper and the the initiation of the Lord's table. They ought to have known better than to do what they did, but I want you to follow me as we read our text in uh, Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher... We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Did you ever do that with your mom, dad? Usually mom. Mom, will you do something for me? Mom wasn't stupid. Well, what is it that you want done? Jesus asked the same question. What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant to us to sit, one at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. Give us the places of honor and prestige in your kingdom, in your glory. Remember Jesus, the meek and humble and lowly Jesus, who was about to perform the most selfless act in human history, and here are two of his best guys won promotion. They, didn't, they hadn't gotten it yet, had they? I'm not sure we've gotten it after 20 centuries sometimes. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink you will drink and the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. By the way, they were going to suffer for Jesus James would be the first of the apostles to die, and that by the sword of Herod. You can read about that in in the middle of the book of Acts, about chapter 12, I think. John would live the longest of any of the apostles, but would live a a life of hardship and and privation. He would be uh, exiled to the Isle of Patmos for his testimony of faith in Christ, And, and there he would receive from God and write the Revelation, the last book of our Bible, But he suffered an awful lot and jesus said you're going to drink from that cup you're going to be baptized with that baptism but to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant it is for those for whom it has been prepared and when the ten heard it they began to be indignant at james and john and jesus called them to him he gathered them all together and he said look you know that those who are considered rulers of the gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them with the people of this world the people of this culture promotion is to be sought and it is to be used and and people are to be even sometimes abused by that authority and promotion but i love that little adversative conjunction something's coming that's different but It shall not be so among you. Stop seeking promotion. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Now, I want you to look very carefully at this 45th verse. It makes up our text for our message today. It is one of the most powerful statements ever uttered by Jesus. It has constraints for your life and mine as we follow him, as we try to be like him. It is the clearest statement in the New Testament on the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. But it also has with it great application for your daily life and my daily life. Now join me back at verse 45. For even... The Son of Man, God in human flesh, God incarnate, even the Son of Man came not to be served. You want to sit at my right hand and my left as though you would have people serve you? I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, to give my life, as a ransom for many. Believers, we are here to serve. That's why we're here. We're here to serve. Serve God. And I think we best serve God by serving people. Husbands, You're here to serve your wives, do it well. Wives, you're here to serve your husbands, do it well. Parents, you're here to serve your children and vice versa, do it well. Neighbors, other family members, friends, fellow church members, we are here to serve as the example was set by by no less than the, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ. See Him serving breaking bread and feeding thousands, breaking fish and feeding those same. See him serving, taking lepers and touching them who, who longed for a human touch but could not have it. See him serving, raising from the dead Lazarus and, and the young man at Nain and, and the, the daughter of Jairus. See him healing the lame and, and opening the eyes of the blind. See him serving, serving, serving and follow him serve as he served now let's as our pastor likes to say let's unpack verse 45 Uh, and we may not get time to repack it you may have to do that around the lunch table Um, first of all the arrival of jesus there is for me here a great mystery the son of man came now we were treated here in Tidewater, was it yesterday, with the presence of some high-ranking officials, our president, our secretary of defense, and other notables were here for the commissioning of the, the, the USS Gerald Ford. Is that, is that right? I didn't go. I don't like traffic. Uh, I should have gone. I, I, I went to Chesapeake Square and got rear-ended on Portsmouth Boulevard. I would have been better off in the heavy traffic. We have these dignitaries, and oh, what a big thing we make of that when a president or a vice president or a cabinet secretary comes to our area. Can I tell you, that's not much at all compared to this. The Son of Man came. Jesus came to earth. God, embodied, incarnate, came through the womb of the Virgin Mary, virgin conception, virgin birth. Sinless life, substitutionary death, glorious, victorious resurrection. The Son of Man came. There's a great mystery in that for me. That God would care enough about me. You know, the psalmist said it this way. What is man? That you are mindful of him. And the Son of Man, that you care for him. We don't deserve that. Thank you for that wonderful a message and song, broken and spilled out. We don't deserve that. But he came. He came. Years ago, uh, Barbara and I used to sing this, and I I still don't know how. There are notes in here I can't reach, and I'm not going to sing it for you today. But a wonderful uh, song set to uh, the tune of O Solomia. Perhaps you've heard Pavarotti sing that. I I listened to him sing it last night on on YouTube. But um, these words were written and and set to that music. Down from his glory, ever-living story, my God and Savior came and Jesus was his name, born in a manger to his own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. What condescension, bringing us redemption that in sin's darkest night, not one faint hope in sight God, gracious, tender, laid aside his splendor, stooping to woo, to win, to save my soul. Without reluctance, flesh and blood, his substance, he took the form of man, revealed the hidden plan. Oh, glorious mystery. There it is. Oh, glorious mystery. Sacrifice of Calvary. And now I know you are the great I am. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my savior. And all God's fullness dwelleth in him. I cannot comprehend that mystery. The arrival of Jesus, the son of man, came. But there's more. The attitude of Jesus, not to be served... to serve. I don't know what it was like in heaven before he left, but he's God. I think angels served him, but he came here to serve, to serve us. Not to be served, but to serve. This was the the manner of his coming. Now, Jesus came for a lot of reasons. We don't have time this morning to, to share the host of of reasons, even the ones just that we know. But, But let me share just three of them with you. He came first to show us God. John 1 and verse 18, no man has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. If I want to know about God, all I have to do is look at Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that could be said of us? You want to know about Jesus, look at me. I wish I could say that. We ought to be able to say that. We ought to be living like Jesus. Also, he not only came to to show us God, he came to bear witness to the truth, John 18, 37. By the way, the context of this is he's telling Pontius Pilate why he came. And in in that verse, he said, for this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Well, we need a dose of that inside the beltway, don't we? And across the media Truth, by the way, a simple definition of truth and and test what you hear on the news by this, that which agrees with reality, not the fantasies of so much of the news media. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. And then the, the final one we'll mention here, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Son of God appeared for this purpose that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil seduced Eve into sin And Adam followed her, and thus the whole human race was plunged. We sang about it, or the choir sang about it. Was plunged into sin through the fall, and Jesus came to undo that. To forgive our sins. Sin brought death. Jesus came to bring righteousness and life. He came to undo the works of the devil. By the way, Jesus was not the only one who served. In Scripture, we have a host of folks who served. Would you, would you quickly run through some of those with me? First of all, Jesus was served after the temptation, Matthew 4 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to serve him. Now, the word minister, so the word diakoneo, sounds like deacon with an e o on the end of it, uh, to serve. Angels served Jesus. In Luke 22 and verse 27, uh, Jesus said, Who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who does what? Serves. And he did serve them. John 12, 2, one of my favorite ladies in the Bible. I think my, my mom, though her name was Mary, she was a Martha personality. And all the ladies in my life, my wife, my daughter, my daughter-in-law. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Uh, I think if Jesus had raised me from the dead, I'd stick pretty close to him too. This is John 12. That happened in John 11. Uh, Paul, a servant. Romans 15:25. But now I, Paul, am going to Jerusalem serving the saints. He is an apostle. And, and maybe we could say chief of the apostles. And I, he was there to serve the saints. He wrote to Timothy about deacons, those who have served well as deacons, obtained for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. If God calls you to serve in this church as a deacon, understand it is not a place to govern and to rule. It's a place to serve, to, to wash the feet of the saints, if you please. Not literally, but, but figuratively. Uh, Paul wrote to Philemon about his runaway slave Onesimus, and he said, I would like to have kept him with me that in your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. And finally, in Hebrews chapter six and verse 10, God is not, and and this is for everybody. Listen to this, servants. Guys, I have to to tell on us. Ladies can do nice things and just move on. Guys do nice things and we look around to see who's looking. If I do something for my wife, if she didn't notice that I did it, I, I have to tell her because I want, I want to be recognized. Um, and that's not a good trait, guys. So let's work on that, all right? And ladies, would you all please help us? And all God's ladies said amen. Um, this is about us all. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering. That word minister means to serve to the saints. Listen. It matters most that God knows what you did and he does. So guys, let's let's try harder to do nice things and, and just do nice things, all right? The attitude of Jesus. He came to serve. That was the manner of his coming. And now we move to the last phrase. Oh, this is such a lofty, elevated statement. To give his life... As a ransom for many. In that statement there is sacrifice to give his life. Jesus died for you. The only other person that ever died for me was American service people. And I'm grateful to them. And if if you served and didn't die, I'm grateful to you too. But Jesus died for you. He was God's sacrifice for you. The final one. You know, before Calvary, sacrifices were done over and over and over and over. Every year, the high priest with the blood of the sacrifice went into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat and came out to announce another year of atonement. I didn't get atonement from God. Atonement is the covering of sin. And I wish songwriters sometimes, Michael, you can get the word out to songwriters, would stop talking about our sins are under the blood and covered by the blood. They're not. They're gone. Amen? That's the New Testament. Under the old economy, they were under the blood, but had to be covered up again next year. I guess it wore thin or something. But when Jesus died, he died to remove our sins. Amen? Amen? I want you to get your doctrine right here. Don't talk about atonement in the New Testament. It's not there. The word, it's not there, except in one poorly translated verse in the King James Version. Atonement is not there. It's it's sacrifice, and it was to set us free, a ransom. Uh, The word that is is translated ransom here, it's a noun, and it comes from a, a, a Greek verb, and, and uh, you fellows that took Greek and girls that might have taken Greek in Bible college or seminary, uh, you probably had to do what's called a luo chart. Did anybody else have a luo chart? Not, David did, okay. Uh, David knows what I'm talking about. And there's, there's several hundred forms of, of the word luo, a Greek verb that means to loose. And this is the word lutron, comes from that verb, and it means that He set us free. Jesus didn't buy us to enslave us or to take us back in the slave market and sell us at a profit. He died to take us out of the slave market and set us free. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out show me the way and set me free he did. There's a setting free and then there's a substitution. Who deserved to die? Lindsay and you. We all deserved. The wages of sin is indeed your good good Bible taught congregation. The wages of sin is death. Do you know Jesus paid my wages for me? He did. He came here and died for me. Oh, God commendeth, commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died on our behalf. But this verse says, and it's the clear. I said it's the clear statement in the New Testament on substitutionary death of Jesus. The little preposition that is used here when it says "for many," it's not the one that's normally used. That means on behalf of. It means instead of. I should have been crucified. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. I'm set free. Sacrifice made for me. Substitution on my behalf. This is what Jesus did. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus would die for me. Peter wrote about it in 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. I just want to give you one from the New Testament and one from the Hebrew Scriptures that that reinforced this idea of substitution. And he himself, look what it says, bore our sins. He bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness because by his wounds you were healed. And now... From the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 53, that great messianic chapter, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. By the way, you can't get away from that. You and I are sinners. I remember one time leaving a revival service under great conviction that uh, a young lady that I was seeing was not a Christian. I shouldn't have been dating her. Uh, young, Young men, date Christian girls. Young ladies date Christian guys. Witness to the other ones, but date the ones that are already saved. Because you're going to marry somebody you date. And if you don't date un- non-Christians, you won't marry non-Christians. Is that is that correct, Michael? Am I helping the cause here? You've been, you've been dealing with that, I'm quite sure. But I was dating a young lady who wasn't a believer, and, and I got concerned about her. soul. I got up and walked out of the revival service and, and went over to her house, and, and it was kind of late at night. I, preacher had gone on and on and on and on, as so I'm doing today. And I, I knocked on the door or rang the bell, I don't remember, and her mother came to the door and, and I said, I need to see so-and-so. And, and, and she said, why? And I said, well, I want to I talk to her about getting saved. And she said, well, do you, you, what do you think she's done so wrong that she needs to get saved? That is, a, that is a concept that exists in America today. Understand this, all you had to do to need to be saved was be born because you were born in sin and I was too. Only one who was ever born was not born in sin and that was Jesus. So Isaiah said, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on whom? On him. He died in my place. Now, let's, let's wrap this up. What are we talking about here today? Two things. The minor note needs to become the major note. Jesus died for you. To be saved is the most important thing a person can do. To come to Jesus and bow before him and acknowledge your sin and accept him by faith as your savior to believe that he died for your sins and rose again and call upon him to save you. That's the most important thing you can do. And if you came in here today without Jesus, we want you to leave with him. It's no crime to come in without Jesus. I came in a lot of times without Jesus. And I thank you, First Baptist Church, for planning a, a, a mission out on the Carolina Highway where I heard the gospel and was saved. It's no crime to come in here without Jesus, but it is a fatal, fatal mistake to leave without him. Please, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, in a little while when we sing a a closing song of invitation, come and say, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I want to get that fixed today. We'll, We'll help you as much as is necessary. What's the major note of this message that we now need to make a minor note to salvation. Serve. Serve. How are you serving? Maybe I should say, are you serving? We're here to serve. How are you serving? There's all kinds of ways to serve. You know, I went to Sam's Club yesterday, and with Barbara and we saw in the freezer. Box of uh, White Castle hamburgers. I didn't grow up with those, but my son-in-law did, and he loves them. And uh, so went back into into Sam's after we got a bite of dinner, and, and bought him a box of, of White Castles, and and took them home to him. Why? Because he he serves us so well. Good son-in-law. God bless him. Cutting grass, fixing electrical things, power washing house. If you you want to. Good son-in-law, getting one like mine. A servant, a servant. How are you serving? Will you serve? How will you serve? There are needs all around you, right in your neighborhood. You see somebody's grass a little too tall, don't complain about it. Go knock on the door and offer to cut it. There's all kinds of ways of helping people. Some of you serve Meals on Wheels, uh, the, the, the prison ministry. There's so many ways to serve. Oh, please, by the grace of God, be a servant. You'll never be more like Jesus than when you stoop to serve. Because he sure did that for us. Amen? Amen. We thank you this morning, Heavenly Father, that we have a Savior who taught us how to serve by example, not just precept, but by pattern. More than that, we thank you that we have a Savior who died for our sins and rose again. Some here this morning may need him as Savior. Bid them come, Father. Lead them by your Spirit to come and receive Jesus. All of us need to serve. Lord, lay upon us the yoke of service. And may we be willing to bow to serve those around us and in so doing, to serve you so that we can be more like Jesus. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life right now almighty god the lord of this universe the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth is now your loving father and you are his child you say i love him how can i honor god with the rest of my life well when you love someone you want to spend time with him we get to know god through his word through prayer and through his people i would encourage you to pick up a copy of the bible and begin to read it begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.